got, so I just want to introduce people to what's going okay. on here. This is the More yeah. to the Story podcast, and we're so delighted that you've come along. We want to take a minute just to continue. This is our fourth edition where we're highlighting what's happening in Wilmore, Kentucky at the revival that's happening there. Some call it an outpouring. Another um, friend of mine calls it a spontaneous religious pilgrimage. All of it works. I love all those descriptions, but God is up to something unique, and we want to hear from that. So I come to you from Wesley Biblical Seminary, a, a school that's in the same tradition of Asbury University, the Wesleyan Holiness tradition, which is connected broadly to the evangelical revival of the 18th century. So I wanted to say all that, and they'll give me a chance to be able to introduce people to this podcast. But I have my friend, Reverend Diane Urie, who serves with the Salvation Army right now, and she's a very connected to Wesley Biblical Seminary, where her family served for many years. So Diane, just tell us, what was your experience with the uh, the outpouring in Wilmore? Oh, well, thanks for letting me share. Um, I just wanted to share from my perspective as um, someone who was on the prayer team. Okay. There were many people who had lots of different positions and different, because there's so many things to do, but I um, didn't feel led to go. I was asking Jesus to check my heart and my motivation. Okay. I just felt like, whoa, I need to make sure I'm not going for the wrong reason. Right. Um, I didn't want to be like a gawker or a spectator. I just really needed Jesus to give me permission to go. And uh, then I got an email from work. I worked for the national headquarters, the Salvation Army, and I didn't even realize it, but we had a long weekend. Okay. Um, as employees. So I took advantage of that and um, just jumped in the car and drove and, and I wanted to help. I had been in communication with some people there and they said people were exhausted, just okay. exhausted. And I, I went with permission from Jesus to, to help. So I showed up and the first person that I saw on the lawn I got there at night, went straight to Hughes, and it was um, Al McCain, who works with the Salvation Army in the same department I do. And wow. she led me into the place to sign up to be on the prayer team. And so she helped me tremendously. And I was able to get involved in the prayer team. And um, <clears throat> the first night I was there, I snuck up into the balcony and I was very scattered. I'd had a scary nine hour long trip. It was raining. It was treacherous. So I was very distracted and tired. And I really didn't have my heart ready. And I went into Hughes and I went into the balcony. And um, all of a sudden, I had this incredible because I wasn't prepared like, oh, what am I going to feel when I get here? I wasn't thinking that. But I sat down and all of a sudden, my, um, my lungs just seemed to expand. And I felt like this, and the only word I can say is it was like a weight wow. inside of me. And I thought, well, that must be glory, but it was just took me by surprise. You can't make that stuff up. And, um, and let me back up Diane, because yes. this also, this is not an unfamiliar room to you. <laughs> okay? right, right. And, and for me too, like I've reflected on this, I've been in Hughes now. Now this almost seems like impossible uh, a dozen times all by myself, you know, and I've, yeah. uh, I've had many special events there. I've been able to preach there. I've had great, and you've done the same. Like yeah. you were a student there, you've preached yeah. there, you've seen your kids go through there, yes. but, but something was different, right? Well, that's 
what I was just going to say. I'm so glad you said that because I was sitting there and they were singing. And then I thought to myself, I have been in this room literally hundreds of times when people are singing. Yeah. And I said, oh my goodness, but it sounds different. Wow. And um, the only way I could describe it, I was trying to tell my husband, I said, now I know it's not, it's a sound, but the sound was golden and it was warm and it was just different. And it it was just, and I knew something in the room was um, very familiar to me, very familiar, but then there were parts of it that were just hitting my heart differently. And uh, so the next day I showed up to be on the prayer team and I said, I'm whatever you need me to do, I will do. And I love, love to talk with people who are coming to the altar or coming at I love that. I know you do too. So they sent me to McKenna, which is a sanctuary that was a live stream um, overflow room. And I was very happy to go there. And first I went to Estes and then they sent me to McKenna. And it was so beautiful. I want everyone to know that I had been in Hughes for a little while and I went to McKenna and it was the same. Wow. It was live live streamed on screens. And the people in McKenna were worshiping. They were standing and singing with all their hearts. And Jesus was, and I noticed this is no different. This is is just like what's happening in Hughes. Wow. And the Lord came in a powerful way. I was in there for hours. And um, I prayed with many people. And it was... um, he was just as present, moving, and we we sort of felt like a little family. It was a more intimate context. And when they would say, stand, like in Hughes, they would give us directions. We followed all the directions right there yeah. in McKenna. And uh, it was a really beautiful, powerful time there. And um, I had I had a really precious experience. I began to, to learn, and I wanna tell you this too. I listened to your podcast with Steve Siemens. Oh, right. That one while I was driving because I wanted to get some familiarity from people that were there that I know and trust. And so I listened to him share his perspective. And I loved what he he just was going on and on about the Christocentric nature yes. of the revival. And that really hit my heart because in my own ministry for at least a decade, I have noticed a real lack of understanding of the person of Jesus right. in the church, like a lack of focus. And that's been a concern of mine for a long time. And so I loved hearing him talk about that. Yes. And so it really, I need Steve to know that his sharing with you deeply influenced my ministry during the revival while I was wow. there because I was able to make sure that people were aware that um, it was Jesus they needed. They would come and say, I would say, what, what is Jesus saying to you? And they would say, I don't know. I don't know. And I would work, work them through um, kind of help them to um, figure out what, what bring it into focus. And then we would lead them through confession and have them confess 
And I made sure that they knew they were talking to Jesus. Yes. Jesus is the one who became human. He's the one who bears your sins in his own body. We mm. must talk with Jesus. And so they were, I've never done that before. And, and I would, and it was so beautiful. And I would have them read scripture afterwards. And, uh, and what I would. What days were you there, Diane? When was I this? Was there, I was there. Um, what days was I there? Oh, I'm so tired. Friday, all day Friday, all day Saturday. Oh, and wow. I was on my knees. And then I, I got moved into Hughes and was able to be in that room for hours and hours and hours. And um, yeah, it, but it was it was a powerful thing for me to look at their faces and look at their eyes. And I would encourage them to speak to Jesus, talk to Jesus. He's here. He's yeah. your savior. And their eyes would change. They would lift up their faces in a different kind of way. They had never had that kind of experience. And I would have them read scripture when we were all done. I would open a passage and I would turn the Bible around. I would say, read, read this passage. And, and they would read. I said, read it out loud. And they would read. And then they would grab my Bible and they yeah. would like not give it back to me. <laughs> I just want to keep reading. And they would look at me and they would look down and they'd say, what? I said, Jesus lives in you. And he wow. has uh, he has awakened your spirit. The Bible's never going to be the same. It's his voice. He's speaking to you. So that that kind of thing happened many, many times. And it, it was just, I can't even describe the yeah. Well, I mean, I know that some of those things are so private, so personal. Yeah. But uh, I, this is one of the interesting things that I've seen. And I know that people are in a position. I just want to give folks, a, if you're coming in late to this, let you know where we are. The, uh, my name is Andy Miller. I serve at Wesley Biblical Seminary. I attended both Asbury University and Asbury Theological Seminary. And now I teach here. And this is a school in a similar tradition. And it's kind of a strange moment for me because I didn't get to I didn't get to get back because of a host of other responsibilities. But it's kind of like all of a sudden somebody in your family has become like a movie star or something. That's how I feel like, hey, that's mine. That's Asbury. That's me. This I would, you know, I was around those stairs. I, I I've done I, all these places that I have friends from all over the world who are coming in to see. So uh, I just wanted to get a chance to interact with people. We have a few podcasts that have come out in the last two weeks. But Diane Yuri was there, served on a prayer team in a variety of locations. And you were there, Diane, in the midst of the time where I the real kind of pilgrimage was starting to come. Yes. And what was it that was bringing people? Were they, yes. I mean, I'm sure there was hundreds of things, hundreds of reasons, but tell us yes. about some of these people who are coming, what they were seeking. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Every kind of different type of seeking at the altar. You never... You never knew. Some people would say, I, I, I am filled with sin. I have all these things. And I would get them to express to me what those were. And they wanted to be cleansed. And I got to lead them into giving their life to Jesus. And I would ask them, have you ever given your life to Jesus? And they would say, I don't even know what that means. And wow. I would explain to them. And, and they would say, I want to. I want to. I don't know how. They would, I don't know how. And I said, well, we're going to do this together. Wow. So some were like that. And then others came for healing. Um, one young man came, um, cast himself on the floor in front of the altar, heaving, groaning, 
And I, I had been a young adult minister for long enough, had lots of young men, and I, I knew what that was. And uh, I felt like I did it. Literally, I was on the floor of Hughes and the floor was shaking. And I thought, wow. wait a minute, I'm not in the balcony. The balcony shakes, the floor doesn't shake. It was his despair and his agony. Wow. And uh, he was he was in great deep need of cleansing and forgiveness and guidance and took many a long time to to help him become even released enough to from his shame of what he was dealing with and we were not going to let him go and we didn't um many people many people came just wanting more of jesus I want to know more. I want to walk more deeply with him. And so it was like a, a quick course in discipleship almost right there. I was well, tell me about your life in Jesus. Tell me more. Okay, let me tell you this. Jesus wants to walk with you in a face-to-face, intimate, love relationship every day. He is, you know, so then a lot of times I pray prayer a blessing over people. Yeah. Um, they already knew him. They just wanted more. Um, some were praying for family members who were lost. Some from uh, China, different countries were playing, praying for their land, for their their country. I had never heard such agonizing, heart-wrenching prayer for one's nation. So wow. it was a large variety of things. But most people, I sensed, what I sensed was Jesus was saying to people far away, come and see. Wow. Come and see. And then they would come and he would say, come to me. Yeah. Beautiful. And, yeah. Um, it's one thing. And I, you know, I graduated from Wesley Biblical Seminary. I love to study theology. It's one thing to, to sit and it's one thing to learn about his character and to study all about Jesus, but to actually come into his presence and sit within his very heart of love right. for the world. That was what I experienced. And one, one morning, Mark Benjamin said, Diane, have you been outside? And I said, no, I, I slipped in through the back door. He said, stop what you're doing. Go outside. You right. must look outside. So I went out and I walked around. Thousands of people, Andy. Yes. On the semicircle. I didn't even know. They wow. were there. And thousands of people. And what I noticed was so beautiful that I would say maybe 50% of the people were Caucasian, maybe. Every kind of person, Asians, Latino, um, Black people from Africa, African-Americans, it was every kind of language. I had several people I prayed with for whom English was a second language. Right. Many people. And... I, it was so overwhelming to me. I wasn't expecting that when I went outside and I thought the whole world is coming and they were coming from all over the world. Wow. Because they're so hungry to be sitting and they were filled with joy. Uh, There was a presence on the lawn. Jesus was there. He was ministering. The spirit was moving on, on the lawn. 
I mean, I can't even sense the picture. I, that's why I wondered which day you were there. Even yeah. the the videos and pictures that I saw, you know, as I was wanting to get there so bad and wanting to know what's going on, and then also realizing how impractical it was going to be to actually get there. And then much less like the decision was pretty much made for me that it wasn't right. going to be a work for me to come. But but looking at some of those things as they were happening, yes. I was amazed at this semicircle where, you know, yeah. I, I used yeah. to sit with when my wife was my girlfriend and we'd just like yeah. sit there and just talk and maybe kiss a little bit, you know, like that. But God, I was there on those green, those green seats. Uh, and I prayed there a lot too, Diane. I want to say- Me too. I, I have the same story. <laughs> and that, that just blew my mind because, you know, we have used to be a private place. World, our little Asbury world. No, that was not what's, ha- that's not what's happening in Wilmore right now. It is the world world. Wow. Jesus is saying- I love you. That is the feel. Jesus is saying, I love you. I love you. I want you for myself. I want to take each and every one of you into my heart. And I got to tell, it was many young men I got to talk with. I'd say, I want you to read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They didn't know what those were even were. And I said, there's stories of Jesus. Jesus is God. He's the creator of the universe. And he's the redeemer and the king. He's the one who casts out demons. He heals blind people. He raises people from the dead. And I said, he's the one in those books. I want you to read him every day. Read about him. And I want you to remember, you just gave that one your life. Wow. And he just gave his life to you. And he lives inside you now. And they would literally like total addicts, total. And they were just, their faces would lift up and they would just smile. And I say, you go with God. And, and oh, it was just so fun. It was oh, so Diane, fun. Diane, you know, when I hear you say this and, and even just the emotion that you have in this, it reminds me of like e- even your own writing. If we come back to the Wesley Biblical Seminary Library, just 20 feet from my office, we find your master's thesis talking about the nuptial metaphor of scripture and you analyze um, in that, like a uh, Dr. Dennis Kinlaw's kind of presentation of that, and who was the president in 1970 at the revival. Yes. But just even think about uh, the emphasis in his ministry on that sweet way of thinking about God's relationship with us. And in the title of his book uh, that came out, which is just reflects this same spirit, says, yes. let's start with yes. Jesus, right? Yes. And, I mean, and I got to tell so many young girls, college girls, little bitty high school girl drove all the way from a, a state, I won't say which one, way out west in the mountains. Little wow. bitty 17-year-old, tiny little broken little girl, self-destructive. She just confessed her sins and she had never talked to Jesus in her life. And her, wow. she just got this smile. I said, no, you must say them to Jesus. Jesus is receiving your words. He's receiving you while you speak to him. He's taking all of you into himself. But many women, I would get to say, listen, honey, you are made for Jesus. Wow. You are made for Jesus. He is the one who completes you, not your husband who just abandoned you. Wow. I've all these boys who have used you and abused you. You are made for Jesus. He is your knower. He's the lover of your soul. He's your recreator. He's going yeah. to restore your life. And they had never known that. They kept talking about the Lord. I said, let's, let's focus on Jesus. And so it was, I, I, it was just 
I can't even put words to it. Um, And then many of them, they would get up and we would hug. And I would say, how can I live without you in my life? It was like we became best friends in 30 minutes at the altar. Wow. And I was like, wait a minute. What, how can this possibly be that I will never see you again? It was uh-huh. that kind of, and we're just yeah. trust Jesus for that. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm curious, maybe you've, I, I don't really want me to do this too negative, but like maybe, and and one of the neat things that I've seen is that some of the people who are most engaged have zero idea some of the words of critique which have come out, which is so awesome, like, wonderful. But like, what what if you had to say like what, respond to some of those things that you've heard that are off what are some of those things that people are saying that just aren't true about the revival you know what's hilarious andy i must not follow those people because i have searched and searched and searched for that and i can't find it so you'll have to send me some of the negative oh, okay stuff. that's good that's one good. of my well, kids told me they had to get off facebook because it was so negative and i'm thanking god i don't have any of those people in my newsfeed but i've heard <laughs> a little bit but um it just i want to say to them you are actually embarrassing yourself because You've not been here yeah. and you're really being silly and you must stop because you don't understand how much you're embarrassing yourself. But, um, you know, we talk about the different words to use for this. Um, and some people don't like the word revival. It just kind of sounds old school or whatever. I don't know why, but I, my understanding of the word revive, because how many times in scripture, especially in the Psalms is to say, Oh, Lord, revive me according right, right. to your word. Revive me according to your loving kindness. And it just means re-life me. Mm-hmm. Re-life me. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus is doing. He is pouring his life into people and he's restoring and recreating. So the the critiques, um, is it emotionalism? Yeah, is sure. it only worship? What... And I want to say too, what the way I experienced the worship aspect, the music, you know, young people, that's how they think and mm-hmm. how they they process life is in music. Yeah. It's a very important part. It's their poetry. It's the way they put words together and thoughts. And uh and in the worship, what I sensed happening was um it was a very much a giving and receiving which is what worship is. Yeah. And so, and sometimes the words of the songs would be very much Jesus loving us and how much he loves us and what he wants to do in us. And we would sing and we would start very, um, very slow and soft and very reverent, filled with awe. And it was like, Jesus was just pouring himself. And then we would sing louder and we would lift our faces and we had to stand and we would receive from him. And then other times, the song words would be about how much we love him. And Andy, I kid you not, it was like we were singing and Jesus was saying, thank you. Wow. And, and the more he was like receiving our love, there was like a swell in the room. And it wasn't necessarily volume. It was a quality swell. And and God Himself was receiving our love, and it, so you, and the, the the critique that I've heard that it's just emotional, it's just worship, it's not real love. Like, well, 
No, that it was very, it was a, it, it was an experience of mutual love. Um, wow. I yeah. love it. Diane, real quick, I'm sure you have some people who are, and I have somebody else coming on with me here yeah. just in a minute, but um, I, you have, um, you, you, in your role, you work with the Salvation Army, resourcing um, Salvation yeah. Armies all over the world, but particularly in the United States. Do you have um, like w- any advice for what people can do now? Because now, like no longer can, you, can people just come to Wilmore. Um, so now at this point, uh, there's, there'll be probably some live streaming. There'll be some churches in the area. Maybe there can, and I hope we'll continue it on. But what would you recommend for people to do now? People who did not get a chance to come. Yeah, or even now, like you're at home. We did, right, right. Well, what what I want to do is just share with people what I have experienced. And and, um, I feel like just a a sense of gratitude to Jesus, wherever we are in the world, wherever you minister, whatever kind of pastorate you're in or ministry, to have a posture of deep gratitude to him for what he's doing in the world that he's obviously there's not one respectable person who has said this is not very real it shows every mark of real revival much confession of sin much responsive joy much healing and um to just create space in our in our worship i would say maybe a little less of the heavy duty programming within our services on Sunday. Right. Interesting. To to create um, peaceful awareness of his presence and what he wants to do in our lives. Um, I hope I've offered to at NHQ and national headquarters, my territorial headquarters and my local core officers, I've offered to come and share in any way that I can. But in my own life, my own life here in my neighborhood, I am planning to share with my neighbors um, what what I experienced. They they know who I am and yeah. that I went to Asbury. I'm an Asbury graduate. And so I plan to share personally. I think trusting Jesus, not panicking, not forcing, truly loving him, and, 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 and Jesus gave me this verse. I'm going to read it to you. The Lord has pleasure in those who fear him and those who await his loving kindness mm-hmm. and sitting upon him and awaiting him. And it says the Lord has this is a different passage. The Lord has pleasure in his people and he beautifies the humble. Amen. With Amen. Salvation. And just to humbly with joy and not panic, not grasping, not forcing, expectantly, yes, waiting upon him, loving him, thanking him. There were many people who came to the altar. I'd say, what is Jesus saying to you? And they just say, I'm so thankful. Wow. I'm just so thankful. Wow. I, I think I what you, think you, you talk about expectancy. It's yeah. so interesting because you think of people, I was, my, my brother lives in a neighborhood close to the university, but I imagine it's a 10 minute walk from his door to, in my parents' door, probably 10, 15 minutes to Hughes, maybe, maybe seven minutes. I don't know. But still you think about that. That's how far people are away uh, from where they were. But yet I saw reports of people who couldn't get in 
but they came expecting and all they did was stand in a line for seven, eight hours. Uh, they still uh, were thankful that they went there. I have a friend who might come on live from the line here in just a minute. Oh, um, <laughs> you know, and he's just saying, I, I, he, I, he was asking me for advice, right? To go. He's he's somebody who's doing a yeah. PhD on John Wesley studies. He's not been to Asbury, so I'm. I uh, told him I invited him to you know find some places, and then he said, "Oh, there's thousands of people ahead of me in the line today," and I I wrote to him and I just I texted him. I said, "I'm sorry," and he said, "No, no, no. Even if I'm just in the line, it's worth it." Yeah. And see the look on your face, and I know you, Andy. You're just always so full of joy. And that's the look I saw in the faces of people there. And I think for all of us in different parts of the world who are yearning for this, that, that is what's real, that Jesus is real. He's the king of the universe. He's the redeemer and savior of the world. He's come to, re to recreate all of our lives and to live in that reality. Pray, pray and intercede and love him in your prayers. Pray with deep love and ask him. I think he has great ideas and he will share with us what to do and how to pursue this. I'm, I'm just not going to panic. I'm talking to myself. Oh no, what do I do? I don't want to be that. I don't want to yeah. strive. I don't want to like do more. I just am asking Jesus to show me and I'm That's trusting great. him for that. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that we had a few minutes to, to hear from you, Diane. Thank you. Um, thanks for letting me. I I knew that you, I saw maybe a picture or two, but I didn't know you served in this role um, in the prayer team. Um, I know some of your family had gone as well. Did your husband get to go? No, he didn't. He had another event and um, he could not go, but my daughter did, Meredith. And okay. she and her husband were eating supper on Monday night last week and they just said, let's go. And they put their two infants in the car, drove all night while the babies were sleeping. And um, she served with me on the prayer team. Okay. And so she was still there when you got there. Great. She's still there. She's still there. It's very hard to leave. And, um, but, you know, she's very young, recent Asbury graduate herself and a recent Wesley Biblical Seminary graduate. That's right. So she, it was really cool to see the women that Jesus brought to her specifically, they had no idea who she was. And the needs of their heart matched perfectly with where Meredith knew how to pray for them. Mm. It was just the Lord directing and moving. And um, yeah, but the need is for prayer. So if you know people in Wilmore who know how to lead people to Jesus, they really need people to come and pray, pray on the prayer team. Wow. I think there are some people in Wilmore like that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, they found they found the, the right city. You know, it's interesting. I think about the idea of Jerusalem being a place where people will stream, right? And there's like people yes. streaming. And we often, I often would joke and call it, you know, the holy city. But yeah, uh, it is. I, I mean, there's just people. And unfortunately, of course, you know, having to close the roads um, and <laughs> it's oh. amazing to not let people in at this Let's point. Just it's overwhelming. You have to think about the hearts and the lives of the people who live there and be kind and generous toward them as well. It's very complex. And I'm so appreciative. I got to talk with Kevin Brown and Greg Hasselhoff and different people in charge at this school and their humility is just staggering. It's so beautiful. Their hearts of compassion and love 
for well, them. Let's keep them in our prayers for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Diane, I have somebody else coming on who's a part right, of the worship good. team. But thank you so much for coming on. And yes. um, I look forward to sharing this. And if you get it, and, and folks, you know, if this is the More to Story podcast, I'm really glad for you to just share a link to this. Those of you on Facebook Live or on YouTube, you know, to, to hear this testimony from Diane and what's coming up as well. Thanks so much, Diane. God bless You're you. Welcome. Thank you, Andy. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Again, friends, we are here on the More to Story podcast. I'm about to invite in my new friend who I have never met. Her name is Charity, and she's a part of the worship team um, there. This is the More to Story podcast. I, I put out regularly content um, every Thursday that is from this tradition, from the kind of like Wesleyan holiness tradition, kind of connecting to various denominations from all sorts of Methodist denominations to the Salvation Army, Nazarene, and, and the like. But it's not about that, of course. This is the revival Jesus uh, the revival that's happening that Jesus wants to have happen um, is coming from Wilmore. We're excited for what that's going to be. So um, I'm just invite you to ch check various things out that we have there. We have some free resources for folks at my website, andymillerthe3rd.com. Five steps to deeper teaching and preaching. People can get on my email list. And I imagine we'll be covering the revival for a while. But before I go too much further, I'm inviting in um, a new friend. Uh, thankfully, I, those of you might have saw my conversation last week with my brother, uh, Dr. Nathan Miller, who serves in um uh in the music department at, at I almost said Wesley Biblical at Asbury University and so he connected me to Charity and uh I'm so glad to have Charity here who is a part of the worship team hi Charity it's nice to meet you nice to meet you too hi thank you for having me absolutely well I I reached out to uh, my brother this morning and I just I mentioned that I was going to be doing one live podcast and it'd be great to connect with the student who had been engaged. And I had my, my niece was on last week. Her name's Olivia Rogowski. And okay. uh, he mentioned that you were a part of the worship team. We'd love to hear about your experience with what's happening in Wilmore. Yeah. So on the first day that you can say that the revival had started, I was blessed to lead worship of gospel choir that day. And just yeah. a few members from gospel choir were asked to lead a altar call song pretty much. And while the people were getting called to the altar just to come as they feel led. And I was there for about an hour afterwards, after chapel had officially ended. I went to lunch real quickly, went to my one o'clock class. And like at the end of my one o'clock class, people came in, students came in, was like revival was here, revival was happening because people had continued worshiping even like for so long after chapel had ended, like around 1050. So yeah, I went, I didn't go to my next class, which was at two o'clock. And I told my teachers like, hey, I really feel led to go there. Can I go there? He's like, yes do what you feel led to do. And I went, I was there from like two to midnight that first day. Wow. And it's just been a lot of emotional healing. A lot of people just confessing and repenting, people surrounding each other in support. That's what I've loved to see is just the amount of friends that come up to support someone who decides to give their life to Christ, who decides to come to the altar for the first time. So they won't be alone. It's just been a lot of community being built within this because a lot of people are able to lean on one another, one another and just find support and their yeah. friends and the Falcon too. They've been there as well. Oh, I love hearing that. Um, when going back, so you were a part of the musical group that it's a gospel choir. Tell me about that group. Well, one thing that we do for sure before we rehearse is worship. We yeah. are so focused on letting God be the center. It's not about 
oh, da 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 let's get through all these songs. It's not about time. It's about God being the center of whatever we're doing. So whatever we're going to be doing, we're going to make sure he's the center and just create a space for him to move because it's his platform. And honestly, that's what I, I believe started. Just the revival is just because the pastor, as well as us, who was leading that day, we were leading that day, we're just open to letting God take the stage, letting him be the platform, letting him just take over because we're not holding him back or keeping his spirit from doing what he wanted to do, but basically creating a space for God to move is what I believe just created the time for the revival to happen. So, yeah. So so what do you do in the um, worship, that worship team, the gospel choir? Do you sing, play an instrument? What do you, what's your role? I sing. I'm an okay. alto. Yeah, I've been a part of it since my freshman year. Okay. So what year are you at Asbury? A senior. Okay. Wow. So so you've been through an interesting ride then. Like, so your freshman yeah. year, what tell me about that and like where the campus was and and how what God is doing through this outpouring revival, through this pilgrimage, whatever language we want to use. Tell me how uh that is an answer like what god's doing is an answer to some of the challenges you all have experienced honestly i have been praying about revival since my freshman year many people before me have of course but it's just something that i desperately asked for because there was just a lack of relationship of course it's a christian campus but it's it was a disconnect because a lot of people may have been doing things for performance based the stuff instead of just truly letting the spirit lead and i just desire for people to just surrender and submit to God, to understand his character and know that he wants to be with them, that he wants to be in a relationship with them. Yeah, beautiful. And, and you know, you were there when COVID came to campus, right? Yep. Uh, I was you were there. there. <laughs> and I mean, this was a, this has been an intense, heavy, some would say anxious time. And, and what I've heard from yeah. some people is that there's just like a, a melting away of the anxiety. Has that been something you've seen? So, so are you basically asking, has there been less anxiety with right, sure. the viral happening? That's right. I would yeah. say it's a mixture of feelings because for the students that are on campus, it's not as easy with having as many people that's been here because you're right. not sure where they're coming from. So there are, it's good times and there is hard times when you're trying to navigate classes, schedules, and just, yeah, how to push through it all. But I do praise God for the space that we've had to just be able to come and worship and fellowship together. But it's been wow. hard itself. Oh with, oh, with just the logistics probably of having so many people around campus, yeah. that, that's been hard. Yeah. Wow. So, so what have you continued to be a part of a worship team that has presented um, throughout the so, last? Yeah, I, yeah, I've worshiped, I've led worship with some people a couple of times since the first day it happened. I'm also a part of a show, so I had to step back a little bit because our show opened up this weekend. I'm a theater major, I'm in a play. So oh. it's like that's happening in the midst of it. But it's also, you can find themes of revival also in the show. So it's What's just the show? a lot doubt, yeah, a parable. It's by Patrick oh. Chanley. There was also a movie about it, if you might have seen it, with Meryl Streep and Viola Davis. Okay. Yep. So you had to do that at the exact same. So all of those things have kept going. Like, I know there's there's um, musical performances and like the regular mm -hmm. campus activities have continued to move along, huh? 
Yeah, some things have been canceled, like our dances, especially the first weekend. Almost everything, everything really was canceled. There was a dance that was supposed to happen, and it happened, and some other stuff. But the play, because of course, timing is important, so we still continue to go on. And we had talkbacks. We had someone from the ministry department actually discuss and help us see the themes that are similar, what's going on in chapel, what's going on in the theater, and just connect it to our life. So theater honestly is a space to come and ask those hard questions. And we incorporate our faith in everything that we do, especially the director I'm working with, Ms. Catherine Gaffney. But yeah. Wow. So I've heard somebody describe the process. Uh, there was a post of maybe somebody you've interacted with. His name's Mark Swayze, who described in detail. I think he was brought in. He's a worship leader who was helping just to serve the other worship leaders. Could you tell mm -hmm. us about that process of like moving to a place of getting yourselves ready um, and what, what the process is for even getting on the on the stage? Kind of, uh, he described it in a pretty in-depth way. Like you don't just like walk in and walk up the stage, but that mm -hmm. there's like a room where you go and you make, you get yourself ready before you lead in worship. Is that, is that right? Does that sound right? Yeah. At first it was more spirit led. It was just students who were feeling led, especially the first day for sure. It was just like, everyone was having a welcome chance just to come fellowship and sing with the people of Asbury. But then like, as we move further along, there, there was a system created where they tried to gather people to sing every hour by, um, yeah, having them come together about 30 minutes beforehand to get consecrated. So there's a room where the people who are going to be leading worship, they come to to get prayed over and just make sure their spirit is right as well before they get on stage. Wow. I love that. You know, Charity, one of the things that's happened is that some people, there there are some critics, and actually I've heard from some of you might know, I have a friend who's a student there, he's a senior with you, Isaiah Friedemann. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. He mentioned that he doesn't even, he hasn't really seen what's going on on social media because he doesn't really want to, he doesn't want to know what, mm -hmm. what's going on. And, and there's even, you know, well-known Christian artists who've been in the room or speakers yeah. and that kind of thing. And so like, that's been humbling for, for people to participate in, to know that that's happening at the same time. But one of the critiques that have come is that people have said, well, this is just, um, and I'm so, forgive me for this language. If I say anything that needs to be said differently, like just a white school, white music, this and this. Mm -hmm. And if it was really happening, this would have been uh, across, um, across categories, across ethnic categories, but that doesn't mm -hmm. seem to be consistent. Um, could you respond to that? I can. It's not always been a people of color who's been on the stage the most, I would say that, that has brought up an issue from the student body and other people um, just like outside who may have not felt as included, but my gospel choir director, Benjamin Black, he had had blessed us to have an opportunity this past Friday, we had joined with Kentucky State University's gospel choir. We both had the chance to sing in chapel. Well, it's not in chapel, but like during the revival this past um, Friday, actually, we was leading worship and we just allowed, we was given a space, thanks, thanks to Ben, just to like be able to share our style of worship just through gospel music on this past Friday. So there has been not as much diversity, but yeah, it's a progress. Yeah, sure. And, and same thing too with uh, outside of, you know, gospel, the gospel tradition. Some is, has there been any kind of like Latin traditions as well or, or different types of musical styles that have been used? Well, yeah, they encourage people. Um, I know the person who was really leading worship, the 
first date, Mr. George, he was just encouraging people, if you feel led, sing in your language. Do not feel pressured to sing just in English. So there have been people, there have been times where people were singing in their own languages versus just English. Wow. Uh, Charity, I wanted, one of the things I, I wonder, um, my in-laws, they were just with, with me, they were there in 1970. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just 53 years ago. It's amazing to think of, of that. And I, I have some other friends and I, I had some very meaningful experiences in Hughes as well, but I'm wondering like, what do you think this, this is just a, a hypothetical. So you'll, um, mm-hmm. forgive, but you, what do you think 50 years from now, what do you think will be said about this experience of these couple of weeks? Honestly, it's still going on. So I have no clue how like students will respond, but I can say what I hope and pray for it to happen. I pray that it sets people up for a relationship with God that is deeper than what it may have been before yeah. this started. I pray that people don't take this as a light thing or something that's a negative memory because of how things may have became like unexpectedly, but more so just take it as a time and a chance to remember that this is where I really did get to know God. This is where I was stopped in my tracks that may have been doing something where I might have been doing something wrong. And he helped me find my way again. So I pray that people are able to look back with fond memories and not just not, I hope it's not just a memory, but they're able to have it a part of their story 50 years from now and be able to share it and still be able to remember how he was there and let that impact what they do in the rest of their life. Oh, I love it. Charity, is there anything I should have asked you? Like, I feel I, I wish I would have prepared better questions, but is there anything else that you'd like to say to people? That was That's such a, a beautiful story of how God's spirit is at work on the campus and, he, and in your life too, and how all sorts of things have come together. But I, is, if there's anything else that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear it. Well, I just hope that people know who those who may have not been able to make it or felt bad. It's like there should be no guilt or shame attached to one to the students who may have to go to class, of course, because that's what we're (laughs) doing. Um, And that's what we're first called to to be a student. But also those who may not may not have been able to get off work and be able to come to Hughes. It's not Hughes that is the source of our strength. It's not the revival that's the source of our strength. It's not the pastor. It's not gospel choir. It's not the worship leader, but it's the parts of our heart. And because you had a fellowship of believers whose hearts were set upon God, that's what just created this space. So revival can happen where you are, in your home, with your people. It doesn't have to be at this school particularly. You just need a fellowship of believers whose mind, heart, and soul is set on God. So where two or three are gathered, there he stands in the midst. So if you're just wanting to seek God, be amongst fellow believers that can help you, hold you accountable, pray for you, and healing will happen. Joy will be restored. So just know it's God who is in you and not a building or not a particular person because you possess the same power that we do. The Holy Spirit that lives inside of you that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. So just remember, he lives in you just as much as he lives in us who are here. Amen. Amen. That's some good theology there, Charity. Oh, man, it's so good to be with you. I hope I get to meet you in person sometime soon. Uh, tell Thank everybody you. there that we appreciate them. We're praying for you, uh, Charity. Thank Once you. you know that, we're praying for the administration. And uh, you can even tell Dr. Nathan Miller that I said hello as well. <laughs> I will, I will. He's a great man. Well, thanks. Thanks for saying, I think so too. Well, thanks for coming on, Charity. God bless you. God bless you. 
Well, friends, that is, uh, again, we had a great chance to have Charity on with us. Charity Johnson, she is a part of the gospel choir that was leading in worship on the day, I almost said on the day of Pentecost, on the day that the revival started. So what a unique opportunity that was for us to be able to hear from her and from her experience. And I think you can just sense the joy of the Lord spilling over in that conversation. So I'm so thankful for that. Again, I, I don't know how many more podcasts we're going to have on the revival. This is the fourth one that we've put out. But as we interact with people and as we hear these testimonies, I think there'll be other opportunities for us to share and for us to engage people and to hear what God's doing. And also, like we are, we're aware, um, I, I was a part of worship service yesterday at Madison Methodist Church here in, in, in Madison, uh, Mississippi. That was incredibly spirit-filled. Like there was a, a variety of moments that were unique and special. And I just know God is up to something unique. And I think that this comes likely as a result of what has been happening in our culture at this time, like where things are. And it's like, people have been praying for revival. I almost, I have prayed for revival. I almost feel badly that I didn't pray for more in the last few years. Nevertheless, praise God that there is a unique, special work happening. And, and both of my guests just now shared ways that you can be involved, things that you can do. And so I encourage you to do the same thing and to pray for what's happening um, at not Asbury University with the leadership there. I even um, know of my friend, the mayor, Mayor Harold Rainwater, uh, who imagined they're thinking about water and garbage and all kinds of electricity, probably to a certain degree, much less the leaders, the administration, uh, faculty and staff and people who are picking up garbage, who are on prayer teams. Let's just keep praying for them and, and anticipating too how this is going to continue to spill out as our culture needs to be awakened. Awaken to what God is going to do, what God wants to do, and, and this happens by the agency of the Holy Spirit. This is the More to Story podcast. Thank you for coming along. You can find out more of the things that we've done. Where we've talked about some of these themes of things that happen in the kind of the broad Pan Wesleyan tradition. If you go to my website andymillerthe3rd.com, you can find out more there. Some resources that I have available. Be glad to share those with people, just to be able to be engage by what God is doing, be engaged with what God is doing. All right. Thank you so much for coming along. God bless you all. <laughs>